So we're going to dive right in because we've got a lot to hit this morning. A couple weeks ago, how many of you were here when Jeff gave that word? Get up. What a timely word and what an encouragement that was for us to get in the game, to get back up. We, we fall down and we get back up again. I think there's like a 90s song. As he was sharing, I was, I was playing it. It's like a fall down and get back up again. Something? Anybody? We know it. Okay, so it's real. I thought I was going crazy, and I'm like, there's a song to this, which is normally how my brain functions. But I believe at the root of what Jeff was calling us to do was persevere. To persevere, to, to continue. So the definition of perseverance is to continue in a course of action without regard to discouragement, opposition, or previous failure. What a call, right? That is such a mandate for us. Hebrews 12, I love these verses. They're so filled with wisdom and knowledge and hope. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Like I sat in those verses this week just letting that soak in. There's so much in there that we're going to unpack today. But first, what is this mandate to persevere? Does it sound like we, we have to white-knuckle our way through it and it's all on our shoulders? Maybe. <laughs> At moments, it feels like that. But the truth is that it's by his strength we persevere, right? So he's the way maker, not the giver-upper, right? Hello. He makes a way. He's not going to give up. And what am I filled with? His presence. So if I'm filled with his presence... That's not going to give up. What am I not going to do? Give up. So perseverance is fruit. Perseverance is evidence of the work of God in our lives. So you're sitting in this room. I'm guessing the majority of you know Christ. I hope a few of you don't. We're stoked that you're here. Right? Invite your friends. It's a good place to be as the church. But his presence is in us. Meaning we can't not persevere. It's our only option because the work of God in us is going to stir perseverance. Isn't that good? That's hopeful, right? It's going to get good. I love it. And we're starting here this morning because I think we need to remember that he does the heavy lifting. It's his power, his strength, but he's moving in partnership with us. So there is a piece that we get to play. There's an element that we are saying yes and we are engaging, which is so important and huge. But remember, it's from him who is the source. Amen? So on paper, sounds great, doesn't it? In theory, I love it. It's so good. It's so easy. I run this race and everything works out great. Not real, right? Last week, Julie hit a big one that I think prevents us from persevering. Discouragement. 
right? When we're sitting all up in that discouragement, it's going to prevent that persevering posture, right? It's going to put a wall there. Today, we're going to talk about another one, and it's exhaustion. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I think we got some exhausted folks in the front here, right? So exhaustion is just real. It's going to happen. So let's pick up in the story that Julie started last week, 1 Samuel 30. If you missed it, I'll recap it briefly. So David has 600 men, and they're away from their camp that gets raided. So their women, their children, and all their stuff gets taken. And then they set the camp on fire. The Amalekites did this. They come back. They see everyone's gone. All their stuff is gone, and everything's burned. And they get what? Discouraged. They also turn on David, who then turns to the Lord does all the stuff that Julie talked about last week, go catch it. It's a good word. We need to keep those tools in our pocket because discouragement is going to hit us at some point. So David turns to the Lord, gets this word that says, go pursue them and get your people back and get your stuff back. So he turns to his 600 and he's like, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. You ready? Let's go. And they set out. But what happens next? It says in verse 10 that 200 were too exhausted to cross the valley. A third were suffering from exhaustion and they couldn't cross the valley. So the 400, so David leaves the 200 with all their stuff and sends the 400 to war, goes with them. And at this point, David had an option. He could have turned to the 200 and been like, you know what, buck up, buttercup. You're a warrior. We're going to go get our wives and our children and our stuff back. Come on, let's go. This is what we do. He could have pressed them in that moment. But David understood that exhaustion requires attention. So he said, okay, you're exhausted. You guys go ahead and stay here. I tr he trusted God, right? He's like, with two, with 400, with 600, with 3,000, God said, so we're going to get it done. So you 200 stay with all this stuff. The 400 go out. And on their way, oh, it gets so good. They run into a man who is wandering around, and it says he hasn't eaten or had anything to drink for three days. So he's probably real close to death. He's exhausted. He's depleted. And what does David do? He shows up, and he knows exhaustion requires attention. So he meets his exhaustion with provision. And he says, hey, here's some food. Here's some water. They start to get to know him. Turns out, fancy that, He's an Egyptian slave of the Amalekites. And when he got sick, they didn't take care of his exhaustion. They just left him. Said, oh, good luck. Okay, you just go die. Go, go die in the wilderness. And David steps in. They start caring for him. And then they ask, so you know where they went. He's like, yes. They ask him, can you take us to them? And he's like, okay, but just don't kill me. Fair trade, I think. Right? Take us to the enemy and you can go free. And so he does. He leads them to the enemy. They have total victory, get all their stuff back, and they're heading back. And here's what happens. David shows up to the 200, and he doesn't show up and be like, hey, guys, yeah, we just worked real hard, and you guys stayed back. You should feel real guilty. You should be so ashamed that you didn't come with us and fight. That was rough. He shows up, and it says that he asked how they were. He's still 
giving their exhaustion attention and caring for them in the midst of this. Absolutely beautiful. But what happens next is things start to unravel. In verse 22, it says, But all the evil men and troublemakers among David's followers said, Because they did not go out with us, we will not share with them the plunder we recovered. However, each man may take his wife and children and go. David replies, No. My brothers, you must not do that. With what the Lord has given us, he has protected us, and delivered us into and delivered into our hands the raiding party that came against us. Who will listen to you? He says, the share of the man who stayed with the supplies is going to be the same as those who went down to battle. And he doesn't just say just this one time, just this one time you can get away with it. It says that David made this a statue, an ordinance for Israel from that day to this. What do we learn from this? Exhaustion isn't shameful. Exhaustion doesn't disqualify us. He stepped in and was like, you participated, maybe not in the same way. They stayed and watched the stuff, right? Their, their rest wasn't inactive. They were protecting what they had left. So our rest, our recovery isn't inactive. We're still participating. It might look different, but our exhaustion doesn't disqualify us. Best, best news ever, in John 4, we see that Jesus got exhausted. John 4 is the story of the woman at the well, famous story where he meets this woman, has this beautiful encounter, and we love it. But how did he end up at the well? It says that he was exhausted. So he went and sat down and sent his disciples off to go get food and water. So if Jesus got exhausted, can we get exhausted? Yes. And it's not bad. It's not shameful. Amen. Now, I'd love to tell you, because I don't like exhaustion very much. It's not fun. I love to do stuff and be going and all of that, but we do have limits. We have this human experience that isn't limitless right now. And so we, we have to understand that. We have to kind of come to terms with it and realize that we need to do something with this exhaustion that we're experiencing. There's two things that I think we need to do. One, we need to recover from it. Exhaustion requires attention, so we need to recover. The second thing, as I believe with, with the Lord, we can reduce the frequency in which we experience exhaustion. You tracking with me? Yeah. All right, so let's talk about recovery real quick. In this story with David, Right? He made the decision and said, with your exhaustion, you guys go ahead and stay back and recover. He didn't press them. Because what happens when exhaustion builds on exhaustion, builds on exhaustion, builds on exhaustion? You're going to get overwhelmed. And overwhelmed is not a fun state. Right? It's debilitating exhaustion. It's exhaustion that's been pressed to an extreme. I've experienced overwhelmed before. It's not fun. And then overwhelmed, not taking care of, is going to build. Exhaustion overwhelmed, exhaustion overwhelmed. It's going to keep building, 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 building. And what's going to happen? Burnout. Right now, guys, a, a study came out that 52% of the American workforce is experiencing some level of burnout right now. Half. I hope as the people of God, that number is a little lower. Because we know we've, we've got some extra source, some extra power, some extra hope in us. 
but half, half of our nation is experiencing severe, debilitating exhaustion. Where they've lost sight, they have no hope. What a bummer that state is. But here's the thing. I don't think it's just our fault. I think our culture is contributing to this because it celebrates everything that gets us to this state of overwhelmed and burnout. Do more, be more, look a certain way, right? Busyness is celebrated because you're so important. Oh, you're busy? You must be so important. And how habitual is busyness? Oh, how are you doing? I'm just so busy. It just rolls off the tongue. So casually. Anyone? Guilty. I'm guilty of it. Right? How are you? I'm just so busy. And what does that do? That infuses in us. You're so busy. You're so busy. You're so busy. You're so busy. We start believing it. And then we partner with, with extreme exhaustion. We partner with overwhelmed. We partner with burnout. And spiral happens. And it's not healthy. Because, guys, you're not created to live overwhelmed. You weren't created to live in a state of burnout. Sure, we're going to experience exhaustion, but it's temporary because there's solutions to it when we give it attention and we take care of it. So if we're going to take care of our exhaustion, I think the first thing we need to do is realize that there's different types of exhaustion. We are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Three elements. And each can become exhausted in different ways. So my body, my flesh, gets hungry. It gets tired. It gets thirsty. My soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions, gets lonely. Starts believing lies gets all up in my emotions. When I'm like jumping off of all the feels, I know my soul's probably not doing so good because my feelings are being in charge of me, right? And then our spirits can get a little exhausted. When we're fighting, 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 we start to lose hope a little bit, right? We're losing purpose. We're, we're not accessing joy in the same way in the fight. And the solution for each, the prescription for body, soul, and spirit is different. If I'm lonely and I go, oh, I should just take a nap, that'll fix it. Might distract me for however long I can get myself to sleep that day. But I'm going to wake up and still feel the same thing. Right? Because the solution for soul care looks different than the solution for body exhaustion than the solution for spirit exhaustion. And I think we need to do a better job about recognizing what type of exhausted we are. And, and we honestly, I at least I do, I have defaults. So the second I start feeling exhausted, I jump immediately to, I need to play. I need to go have fun. I need to call a friend and go do something ridiculous. Right? I, need, I should... I should go to the beach. I should go have a, a fun day. That's my default. But sometimes girl needs a nap. Sometimes she just needs a snack and she needs to sit down. Sometimes she needs to get on her face and worship with the Lord. Sometimes she needs to press past that I'm not feeling it today and get in her word. 
But what happens if we meet the different type of exhaustion with the wrong solution? It stays. And it's like we're running into this brick wall of like, but I'm, I'm resting, but not in the right ways. So it's so important for us to recognize this because then when we actually take care of exhaustion in the right way, it goes away. So I had COVID a couple weeks ago. That exhaustion is no joke. Imagine if I was down sick with COVID and I was like, I just need to go to the beach and be with friends. Yeah, that'd be a disaster. I needed to lay down and sleep and eat some pretzels is what I needed to do. And that's what I did for about five days. And then it took me a while to get back up. First day I got up and made my bed and was like, whoo, that's so exhausting. And then I laid down on top of my freshly made bed and took a three-hour nap. And I felt so accomplished, right? But in that moment, my body needed rest. It was exhausted. So we have to recognize it. Is this making sense? The other one that is so big is that sometimes we're in prolonged seasons of exhaustion because we've committed to too much. Our yes list is so big. I'm a classic overcommitter. So multi I factor this in every couple months. I sit down with the Lord and I write down everything I've committed to, all my yeses, and I go line by line. God, is this supposed to be in my season? Yes. Okay. Is this supposed to be in my season? No. Okay. How do I transition out of it? I can't just buck and run if you've committed to something, right? I got to transition, but I need to get it out of my season because it's exhausting me. Because when your yeses are on track with what God is saying, it's not going to be exhausting because he's given you the grace for that season. Now, here's the other thing. I know some of you, hallelujah, preach. I know some of you are under committers. You're really good at saying no. But you know when you sleep way too long and you wake up and you're exhausted? Because too much inactivity is also exhausting. So if you're a classic under committer, you need to add some yeses. Because life comes when we're committed to the right things. Is this making sense? So revisit your yeses and your noes. All right, but here's, here's where I believe God is really calling us and drawing us today. So we're going to recover from exhaustion, amen? Hallelujah, in healthy ways. But here's the thing. I believe that we can reduce the frequency of exhaustion. Right? We can't fully get rid of it. It's not going to go all the way away, as much as I would love it to. But there's, there's, a, there's a thing that we can do called enduring that helps us. Endurance as it grows in us is going to reduce the frequency of exhaustion. So let's talk about what endurance is because oftentimes endurance and perseverance are used interchangeably. But they're two different things. So what was perseverance? Can we throw that definition back up? Continuing in a course of action without regard to discouragement, opposition, or previous failure. But endurance is the measure of a person's stamina or persistence. So we use endurance to persevere. 
Is this making sense? So endurance is my stamina to be able to do something. So think back to the first time you ever practiced a new hobby, did a new exercise, or spent time in your word even. What was your stamina? Probably pretty low. Got a couple minutes in me. But as you repeat and you practice and you continue in this process, what happens? That stamina grows. It expands. So the good news is that we can grow endurance. I did this years ago. I decided I was going to learn how to play guitar. And so I was so excited. Got on Craigslist, 50 bucks, got me a junky guitar because I was like, I'm just going to practice on it. First day, two to three hours, I was like, yes, I'm going to play, play, play. My poor little fingers were so sore at the end of the day. But what did I do the next day? Picked it up and I played, 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 played. And I did this for a few days and then ended up with bloody fingers because I didn't have the stamina. And then what happened? My recovery time was way longer. I had to put the guitar down and it killed me every day to sit there and look at it and be like, but I can't because I need to recover. So as we walk this road and our stamina builds, take your time. Press, but realize you gotta, you got to start somewhere. Amen? All right. So if we're going to grow our endurance, I believe that there's two things that we need to do. Two very important things as children of God, as people of faith that are going to help us do this. Are you ready for the first one? Suffer. I know you're so excited that I said suffer. Let's read Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. It says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So how did that start? We rejoice in our sufferings. If that's not against what culture is saying right now, I don't know what is. It's Medicaid, press back, don't suffer, don't offend me, don't hurt my feelings. Like, reduce. We want to reduce any element of pain we are experiencing. But what does this say? We're going to rejoice in it because suffering produces endurance. Now, suffering is different. Varying degrees. There are some nations in the world that suffering literally looks like getting beheaded. That's not happening super frequently here in America. But it, it doesn't reduce that there is different levels and experiences of suffering. The loss of a loved one. The pain of a physical ailment. The, the struggles of vocation and, and working out this walk. Right? It doesn't demean it. But I think sometimes it's important for us to remember that there are some people who are really, really suffering it. It makes me feel like I can do it a little, like be a little stronger in the process. But there's something that can only be God in the midst of suffering. Because he gets to step in and be something he wasn't to us before. If I was never hurting, I wouldn't experience him as healer. If I was never broke, I wouldn't experience him as provision. So these moments of suffering unveil and expose a new aspect of who he is to us. So there's something so beautiful just in that. And I look at Paul. We just studied the book of Acts. This guy suffered. 
stoned, imprisoned. They thought he was dead a couple times, lost at sea, rejected, kicked out of villages, homeless, eating weird bugs in the desert. Like, this guy suffered. But why did he keep going? Because he knew it was doing something in him. It was serving a purpose. I love this. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13 from the message version. The message version I love because it just puts, it just reads with today's language. So when it just seems to like hit your heart in really relevant ways, it's beautiful for that. So it says, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad you are in the very thick of what, what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory around the corner. Suffering is a spiritual refining process. If I refuse to suffer, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss these moments where God just like booms and shows up in really powerful and beautiful ways. And crazy thing about this, the biblical definition of endurance means to suffer with patience. It's built into the definition, guys. And it says that we're going to endure, right? Remember where we started. We can't not persevere, meaning we're going to endure. But how well are we going to endure? That's the question. That's the challenge. So what does this look like for us to endure well? To, to walk through this suffering together. Remember that Hebrews 12 verse where we started? And it says that when we look, we fix our eyes on Jesus. Weariness doesn't exist. When we're looking at the author and perfecter of our faith, how different it changes our circumstances. Because we're not looking at all the suffering that's happening. We're literally drawing our gaze higher. In John 16, 33, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart is literally a drawing of your heart higher. It's what happens when you're exhausted and weary. You're slumping around and you're super sad. But what happens when we take heart? Our hearts are literally drawn up and drawn higher because we're looking at him because he's our source. We just sing, Jesus, you're the center of it all. What does that mean? He is the center and source of everything we need. So in the midst of suffering and challenge, when we look at him, how different things change. Guys, we suffer different than the world suffers. That's why 52% of the American workforce is on burnout right now because they don't have hope. They don't have purpose in the midst of suffering. They don't understand that that pain is actually doing something in them and it's refining them and it's making them look more like Christ. It's when you can hit that moment and you're like, oh, it hurts to say, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take joy in the pain. I'm going to find joy in the purpose. I don't believe God sends bad things to us. That's not who he is. He's not the creator of anything evil or bad. But he's going to step in it and he's going to be willing to let his reputation be muddied a little bit. So he's like, oh, that's a big mess. I'm just going to step right in it and show up. Because that's who he is. That's what he does for us in our lives. Are you guys tracking with me? So endurance grows as we suffer. We were in a nation in the Middle East 
a couple months back, and it was a it was a press trip. I mean, literally, we're being guided around with people with machine guns, and it's intense. Our lives are we're a little risky at points, and all of that. And we're cruising, we're talking multiple times a day, encouraging people, and all that. And then I get food poisoning. It's so not fun to get food poisoning when you're in another nation, away from all of your comforts, when you're sharing a room with sweet Julie Shecker. I don't want her to see me like this, right? And food poisoning is violent. It's not fun. We're in a room with no windows. This is not pretty, guys. And I go down, full down. And, right, you become exhausted. Everything out of you becomes depleted. And I just slept for a long, long time. And then woke up and, right, the meetings kept going. Our team members, our other two team members kept going out and having these meetings because nothing's going to stop us, right? And then the question is, we are getting ready for a night meeting. Can you make it? And I'm like, I don't think I can. So we stay back. Julie stayed back with me. Slept through the night, woke up the next morning, and again, do you think you can make it today? I was still exhausted. I was depleted. I was probably extremely dehydrated. I'd hardly eaten anything. But do you know what started happening? My why awakened. I started seeing the faces of the people we had already ministered to. I started seeing the moments of breakthrough and salvation and healing that had already happened. And it was stirring something in me that was like, okay, I'm exhausted, but I'm going to press that down and the mission is going to pull forward and it's going to draw me past what I think my limits are. That stamina, that endurance is going to get pressed a little bit. But remember, he's my source. So I leaned in and I went. And was that meeting rough? Yes. Did I do it? Yes. Did I go back to the hotel and take a nap? Yes. Did I keep going? Yeah. And did I get home at the end of that trip and really lean into recovery? Mm Mm-hmm. But I pressed. I pressed beyond what I thought I could do because the mission was more important than my own exhaustion. Endurance is grown when the mission rises. David and his men, do you think those other 400 who went to war weren't experiencing some level of exhaustion? I'm sure they were. They probably had some level of weariness happening in them. But what did they do? They probably saw their wives. They probably saw their children and they pressed. They kept going because it's in us, guys. It is in us. And this is important for us to remember because when things get hard and our why, our mission isn't at the forefront of what we're doing, how easy is it to give up? I was exhausted on this trip. And had that why not grown and elevated in my heart in that moment, I would have stayed down. Right? Had I been here, I probably would have taken a couple days to recover. But it grew. It pressed because the mission of God. It says in Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Why are we not going to give up? Because there's a harvest. And what's the harvest? Souls. We're going to press to grow our endurance because of our brothers and our sisters and our parents and our children and our neighbors 
and the lost ones of the world that need the truth that you're carrying. We press, we lean into the suffer a little bit. We lean into the pain a little bit because the why is so much bigger and so much more important than it. Is this making sense? All right. Now, there was a time uh, I had just graduated college and I was not feeling too great about myself and I was feeling super inactive in my faith and, and wanting to get back on track. And so I, I began to ask God the question, Lord, how can I partner with you today? One question every morning. Lord, how can I partner with you today? You can ask that question every day. Wherever you show up, show up at the grocery store. Lord, how can I partner with you as I shop? And, and for a few weeks, it was, I want you to remain really patient today. I want you to go read this passage, passage of scripture. It was, um, I want you to go for a walk with me. And it was all these great things of internal. And then one day I wake up and he says, you're going to meet a girl from Hemet today. And I want you to encourage her. Now, I am from Hemet. Love me. Love me some Hemet. And so all day I'm walking around and I am in the most awkward way putting this question into conversation. Oh, yeah, okay. So where'd you grow up? Just out of nowhere dropping this question. I was so awkward because I'm like, I'm going to find this girl. I'm going to find this girl from Hemet. And I get to the end of the day and I'm like, maybe I heard wrong. Maybe I was a little bit off. That's okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm driving home and I'm hungry. So, of course, go to In-N-Out. And I'm in line, and the sweet girl is taking my order, and something happened that jammed things up, and so we're sitting there, and she's just standing there. I'm like, this is getting awkward. And so I'm like, so how do you like working it in and out? Like, maybe let's just talk a little bit. And she's like, oh, I'm brand new. Like, I just started. I just moved out here. And my ears perk up. I'm like, you what? You just moved here? How funny. Where'd you move from? And she goes, oh, I, I grew up in Hemet. And I'm like, like internally I'm starting to freak out a little bit and I'm like it's her I heard God this is so cool so we start talking and all of this and 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 I'm like okay why'd you move out here and uh, she starts talking she had some stuff that didn't pan out she was super discouraged and she starts talking and all this stuff and and she stops and realizes how much she just like word vomited on me and I just smile and I was like can I tell you something cool this morning as I was asking God how I can partner with him today, he said, I'm going to meet a girl from Hemet, and I need to encourage her. And she just starts crying. Because she's just like, what? That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, and you're her. And I think we should get coffee. And I'm so excited. And she's like unraveling. And I'm like, girl, you got to get to work. Like, So I hand her my number. We get coffee a couple weeks later. And, and she ended up coming to the movement for a little bit. And uh, about six months later, she got this rad internship and moved out of state. But she was in this time of transition. Had I not woken up and said, Lord, I'm feeling really bad about myself. I'm not feeling like a good Christian. But I'm going to press into mission. I'm going to ask, Lord, how can I partner with you today? And I'm going to move in obedience and faith that I'm hearing you. And this girl got encountered. My participation was itty-bitty. But it was there. Because it's possible, it's possible for us to engage with the mission of God. Because endurance grows, guys. We can practice and exercise our endurance. Yeah, it might be, it might be a little bit of suffering. 
and it might look like a whole lot of mission. The pursuit of the things that God is calling us into, but it's in us. Because the spirit of God is in you. That is not gonna give up, that is not gonna back down, that's not gonna let you fall too far away. You might sit down for a little longer than you think, right? We gotta recover sometimes, but we're gonna get back up because it's too important. It's too important. So this morning, if you're experiencing severe levels of exhaustion, I wanna invite you to stand. If you're like, I'm just in prolonged exhaustion and it hurts and I'm tired and I'm weary. Anyone? There's a few. I'm like, come on, there's no way. I experienced it this week, right? I'm still physically recovering. So the handful that stood, um, if you're nearby, would you just lay a hand on them? And right now we speak to your heart. We speak to your soul and we say, Holy Spirit, we invite you to be the wisdom to refresh the soul of those who are standing, to bring life and recovery to the soul. Lord, I thank you right now for an image of what it looks like to recover in the soul. And Father, if they are experiencing physical body exhaustion, and if, if any of these hit you, feel free to stand up. There's people around you who can lay hands on you. If you're experiencing physical exhaustion, Holy Spirit, we invite you right now to be the physical refreshing And to be the wisdom, what does our body need? What is the prescription that you have for us? The kingdom heavenly solution that he has. Lord, I invite you right now to bring a, a right now turnaround to the physical bodies in this room. Restore, heal ailments that have been there. Things that you've settled in on. That you've said, this is just my life. We are not going to stop praying for those. We declare healing over you in Jesus' name. And if you're exhausted in your spirit, right now we invite you, Holy Spirit, to refresh our spirits. We stir up identity and destiny right now. Spirit, you were created to live in connection with Holy Spirit. That's what you were created for. And we release you to do that. So those being ministered to, you guys can keep going. But, but I believe that there's another group in this room who need to be activated in mission, who need a little dose of boldness and courage to break outside of yourself, to step outside of it. If that's you, I wanna invite you to stand. If you're unsure how to engage in the mission of God, if you're feeling inactive, if you're exhausted and it's, it's taking you out of the game, please stand right now. And if you're near someone, please lay hands on them who just stood. So for those who stood, Lord, I thank you right now that you are depositing purpose. Yeah, for these, these two women over here, 
um, standing. They're not, yeah. Um, they're just in receive mode. Uh, I believe that the Lord uh, wants to remind you that you're not disqualified, that you've been told you can't be effective, but you can be. So we tear down that lie right now in the name of Jesus and awaken your truth, Father, that says that each of us have an important role to play. You're important. You're special. You're seen. You're valued. You're needed. Your part is important. Father, I thank you for the entire room right now. I want to invite you all to stand and just open your hands. Whether you think you need it or not, we all need a little more of him. So right now, Holy Spirit, we receive you in full to come and wash away any place that there is residual exhaustion, that there is overwhelmed, that there is burnout. Come wash us of that right now and stir up deep-seated destiny that comes from you. And I speak to each heart and mind right now the truth. You don't have quit in you. You're gonna keep going. And it's gonna be great. We receive that and we bless your name this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.